Welcome to the February 26th edition of One Nation Radio here on LOP. I'm your host, Rich Latta, of course, here with my co-host, James Boyd. James, what's going on, man? Where's my Gargano match? I thought, what? 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 What is that? You, you've been fooled. I've been false advertised. They, I've been lied to. They've got you again. Yeah. Yeah, so at like 7 p.m. on the WWE Twitter account, Eastern Time, uh, they tweeted about all these matches that were happening, uh, one of them being Cesaro and Gargano. So we've got a little bit of switch of plans here. Uh, James will be covering Monday Night Raw, and I will be covering SmackDown. Yeah. WWE Monday Night Raw, February 25th, 2019, Atlanta, Georgia. The show opens up with a recap of Roman Reigns' October leukemia announcement. Reigns makes his entrance and then takes time to slap fives with the, and hug some of the fans. Uh, we get large welcome back chants from the crowd. Reigns says uh, he wants to thank us and he's missed us. Um, Reigns says that he used to say that this is his yard, but really it's our yard. The crowd beforehand said that this is your yard to him. Then he turned into that. that they put that on his t-shirt, may as well. Um, he's Reigns goes on to say that he's a man of faith and he's always believed that God looked out for him, but he's not going to lie before um, the announcement in October. He said he was scared. He said he was insecure and he didn't know if he wanted to share his secret with the world. But by the time he got home and checked his social media, he saw all the fans outpouring of support and all the thoughts and prayers and blessings. And he was overwhelmed. He says many people prayed for him, and uh, so much so that God's voicemail was full, and he truly believes that God must have been thinking, really, all this for this one guy? Um, and that's how he felt to be surrounded uh, by by so much love. He says he can do anything with the kind of uh, love and strength uh, that he was given, and um, now it's given him a new pur- purpose. Um, he says that here in WWE, a lot of your purpose as a young superstar is to climb the mountain and to reach the top. But for him, the only thing that's important to him now is his ability to step in the ring every single night. He says if he can do that, he's going to use his platform to raise awareness and support those who are in need, just like he was. He says that WWE advertised this as an update, so he's going to cut to the chase. He said, uh, and I, he said in October that he was going to swing for the fences every time. Well, he did bet well. Well, people, we did better than that. We hit a home run. He says that he's grateful, humbled, and honored to be able to announce that he's in remission, y'all. The big dog is back. Uh, he says that he thanks the fans again and tells everyone he loves them. As uh, Reigns walks up the ramp, uh, Rollins comes out and, they, and meets him with a big hug. I caught, like, uh, the very end of this. Like, I was mm-hmm. having some issues with my stream, but it seemed like a really n- nice moment, and everyone was very respe- receptive to him, and it, he felt like a real superstar. Yeah, um, it was still the same situation where, like, um, most of his cheers are from the women and men, uh, women and, and, um, and children. Um, uh, but I'm just glad that, like, no – there were no dumbasses out here booing him. I mean, there was one spot where like he got booed, but it was almost like he said something that was. So, he said something that was he he said something like that was kind of weird, but it kind of gave him like a, these kind of like small little. It wasn't a real okay. boo. It was like booing so, so the one know thing the, he said, and then they cheered him immediately after. So there's a story um, on that. There, there's a story on that. So apparently there was somebody that yelled out, "You suck." And then oh that was God. the crowd booing that person, and then they cheered uh, for Roman after. Booing ain't enough. Stone that man and then throw him out. 
anyway, <laughs> uh, so then, um, yeah, so then um, at the point, it's kind of funny because, you know, he's a, he, you know, he went to Georgia Tech, he's a yellow jacket, but he's in Georgia, but he's in Atlanta, you know, and he, you know, they said, he said the big dog is back. So he got a whole bunch of, a bunch of bulldog barks. So that was funny because, you know, he's like, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. But I ain't really, I ain't really trying to hear that shit. Cause that, you know, that's, we, <laughs> that's the rival every, every, every last weekend of, of November. But, um, right. but yeah, I, I thought this was, um, I thought it was good. And, um, most of it seemed like it was off the cuff or, or thought out in his own words, as opposed to, you know, um, I'm glad they let him come out there and mostly be him. You know, I, I hope that they um, find a way to try to <clears throat> keep him as authentic as possible. Um, like try to keep this energy as, as long as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with that, uh, we move on to Alistair Black versus in Ricochet versus the revival. They aired a quick video pack. They aired quick video packages during um, Black and Ricochet's entrances to uh, kind of let people know who the fuck they are. Right? Uh, the graph, uh, we, the graphics for the names uh, for both of them actually uh, were both still had them listed underneath the NXT graphics. So who knows? We still don't know what they're doing with them. Um, Neither so do Mas- they. Sagan. Neither do they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the rival attacked them uh, both of them before the match, but uh, Ricochet fought them off, and then uh, Ricochet and Black both hit dives. We come back from commercial break uh, as Ricochet fights out of a headlock, and then makes a tag to Black, who runs wild on uh, Wilder and kicks, and then uh, with, with some kicks, and then uh, uh, a Kibrata. Dawson uh, makes a blind tag and eventually catches uh, Black with a DDT for a two count. Uh, we're shown backstage, Bobby Roode and Gable watching the match. Um, and then we, uh, we come back and, uh, Ricochet took, takes, takes out Wilder outside of the ring with a moonsault off the top, off the turnbuckle. Um, then Alistair catches Dawson with the, with the back roundhouse of justice for the, for the win. <laughs> um, this is a quick match. Uh, crowd was really happy, especially coming off of the announcement about, um, Reigns being back yeah, or being in remission. This was um, like super rushed because I, I, I'm thinking that Roman segment went long, and uh, this one came out there after, and they had to get the fuck out of there. Uh, yeah. One cool thing was Scott Dawson did the um, DDT where it was like the Arn Anderson. Anderson spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I think I think if I remember correctly, after they did the 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 flashback to October, Reigns comes out. He d- and then goes and you know does a speech and comes out and by the time he hugs uh, Rollins on the entrance, I think it was like eight twenty three, so they had a bunch of commercials they had to they had to run through to, uh, to do that. So I see why the match was so short. Um, yeah. So after after all that happiness, we get what do we see on the screen backstage? Motherfucking Baron Corbin, the black uh, hole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so he addressed the statements that he made about Roman's leukemia back when he was GM, blaming us for uh, for living in the past. Uh, by, and, uh, and it claims he never said any of those things. And then whoever the interviewer says, like, well, okay, we'll roll the footage. And then he and then he says, all right, don't roll the footage. And he says that he, you know, him being the him being the GM and also being a performer at the same time caused a lot of stress, and it was taken out of context. Um, and then the man was under pressure, James. So, so then the interviewer, I can't remember her name. She actually asked a good question. She says, "Charlie." He means, yeah, yeah. She says, "Was it Charlie? I think it was the other one, or no, one of the other ones." It was ones. Charlie. Oh, okay. So, 
she she asked like like wait uh you think that your stress was was uh you think that your stress and your responsibilities are harder than like fighting for for Luke- with, against leukemia so then he shakes his head and then and then uh says he hopes that they don't ever cross paths so um so we're shown backstage Shawn Michaels and Johnny Argano uh briefly on uh the on the for like basically getting ready for Ric Flair's birthday party on some red carpet getting interviewed by and doing interviews that we never ever hear. Somebody says uh, Shawn Michaels out here trying to look like Dutch Mantel right now. Yeah, he he definitely looks like um yeah. Uh yeah, so uh <laughs> <sighs> yeah, he oof. He, you notice how he's rocking that hat like Hammy used to in ECW? Yeah. Yeah. He's starting he to grow got, the hair back. Are you serious? Like, well, it, he doesn't have the baldy anymore. He has, like, short hair again. <sighs> Anywho, uh, so we go back to the ring with Elias, and then we come back uh, with the strumming of the guitar to, 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 to tell you to come back. Why would you come back for an Elias segment? Now, whatever. Um... So we come back from commercial break, uh, and the commentary hypes up Ric Flair's 70th birthday party, and we get a birthday greeting from um, uh, for Ric Flair from Snoop Dogg. Um, so we go to Elias in the ring, and he sings a song, and he um, he only plays one song and or one chord, and then out comes Lacey Evans, and away goes Lacey Evans. Um, Absolutely as- pointless. Yeah, um, and she did it again tonight um, on SmackDown. Anyway. Um, as soon as she leaves, Ambrose comes down to the ring. Hey, he says he's feeling. We gonna have to start rating the outfits. We gonna have to get some fun out of this Lacey Evans stuff. If the, the only thing we seeing is what ri- ridiculous outfit that she's wearing, and the one to ten on a ridiculous scale, I don't think she was in anything ridiculous this week. I don't even remember what she wore. That's all. I, I remember she wore something red tonight on SmackDown, but I I don't keep track of this. Like, do something, get the fuck off my screen. Like, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm... Or at least, like, at least do something to get some heat. Like, that's not getting heat. Like, the crowd still doesn't react to her at all. Like, like I, whatever. Like, like, remember when um she came out here, like, Carmen San Diego? like, we, we need to be, <laughs> be making note of these. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so... Um... Yeah, so Ambrose comes down to the ring and he says that he's feeling good and he's thinking about the past and he's got some positivity in his veins and feels dangerous, whatever the fuck that means. He says he wants a rematch against Drew McIntyre. Um, this time he wants it to be a no disqualification match. Imagine that you get beat clean by a heel and then you want to and then you want to fight with no rules. Dirty. So he, then he gets to beat your ass in sheet. Go figure. <laughs> All right. Um, so Elias uh, resumes playing the uh, playing the guitar, and then Dean asks him if he's trying to play him uh, play him off or something like he's like he's the Grammy speech because you know they are not Grammy Oscar speech. Um, so uh, yeah, so then um, the dr- Drifter says that uh, Atlanta is fascinating, and then he goes on to talk about how uh, Atlanta has had a bunch of different Super Bowls. Um, but they never never managed to actually win one, which is still like you know rubbed in for them blowing that twenty eight point lead. Uh, so um, Ambrose says he's a big fan and came out uh, to request a song. Um, he asked if he knew Temple of Doom or uh, or the Night Ranger or Yankee Doodle or Thunderstruck uh, or even Dirty Deeds. Um, and then Elias says he can play whatever he likes, and then he kicks. So then he uh, Ambrose not Ambrose Elias goes to try to waffle. Dean with the guitar, 
Dean knows his bullshit. He side swipes it, gets him in the gun, and lands the dirty deeds. Um, so um, the drifter starts to get up to his feet, and then next thing you know, the riot squad come out. All crash TV. Yeah, just you know, um, yeah, and uh, they, uh, and then the announcement and the commentary comes out and says they have a match against an Italian Ronda as they come out, and then they come back from commercial break, and we see um, Ricky Steamboat on the on the Ric Flair red carpet. Uh, looking like he, you know, mops up on the uh, on the senior circuit. Even though I've, you know, Melzer told us last night that he is not in the senior circuit. He yeah. is out here. That man, that man out here picking him up young. Good for you, Rick. Don't let him tell you what you can't do. Steamboat was a baby face. This is not. This is not. This ain't the Harris way. This is not it. Anyway, <laughs> Ronda, Ronda Rousey and Natalia versus Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan. Bro, if I have to watch another Ronda Rousey tag team match against a Riot Squad, I'm going to jam nine inch nails into my eyes. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, you better get ready, Trent Reznor, because <laughs> because look, uh, if you're talking about uh, if you're talking about Ronda, how about Natty? Natty spent the entire spent like December oh. and November uh, wrestling uh, uh, the this this uh, this group. It still ain't over. Can't stop, won't stop. Rockefeller Records. God. <sighs> yeah. So anyway, Rousey comes out and uh, and she gets a mixed reaction on her way out to the ring, and then when the first time she actually uh, tags in uh, after the break. After come back from commercial break, the Italian ends up fighting out of a modified cloverleaf. Uh, it made a hot tag to Rousey, who fought off uh, both both of the women, um, Rot, or Ruby and Sarah. Uh, then then she ended up knocking uh, Morgan, Liv Morgan, off the apron. Rousey hit a flying knee on um, on Logan, but all of a sudden for a two count. Then all of a sudden, uh, ends up getting broken up by by Ruby. Um, Natalia then uh, took out Ruby on the on the outside. Then Rousey hit the uh, hit Logan with a Piper's Pit. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling the Piper's Pit. Um, she then set up for the the armbar uh, when Becky Lynch showed up in the crowd using a using a crutch. Um, so Lynch comes out comes by the uh, the score or scores cable uh, the 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 table. The, oh my god, the timekeeper's yeah. side of the ring, and the tiger's like babyface. The tiger's like, wait, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden, Becky just decks her and knocks her. Or apparently, turns her lights out. Um, she never gets up. We never see her again. Uh, um, the next thing you know, all of a sudden, the uh, the age the agenting geeks they they come out and and break up and, uh, and start breaking things up. Fit, so it's like Fit Philly and Jamie Noble and um, I think Adam Pierce. Uh, they're both trying to fight, and then also security comes out with them, and uh, they're trying to stop each other. And then Beck, and then uh, Rousey ends up laying out like a few, maybe like three or four of the security geeks. Um, so uh, they ended up. Um, so the next thing you know, Atlanta PD apparently uh, comes down, and they and like probably in five or six of them, they come out, and then they end up escorting Becky backstage while they're cuffing her, taking her up the ramp. So, uh, we come back from commercial break. With, At uh, this point, with, I said Becky's the most over person in the building tonight, and I did not stutter. I wouldn't even. I, I, I didn't even think about it. Um, maybe I don't know. Um, I don't know. Like maybe for one pop, yeah, but like sustained, like it was rain, definitely. Um, anyway, um, 
yeah, so we come back from commercial break with the production geeks and the ref in the ring and Rousey, um, Rousey actually trying to help them. The now apparently the corpse of Natalia from the from the from the big punching power of, of Becky Lynch, um, trying to help her take the back. So uh, she gets halfway up up the ramp and then Ronda uh, uh, grabs her title and then she goes back to the ring with a mic and calls out Vince. Um, instead, she gets Stephanie because when you ask for when you ask for because <laughs> when you ask for Kush, you always got to get Reggie, right? So yeah. uh, Ronda was on ten and they sent Stephanie out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, don't you think that's a danger to you know Stephanie seeing that she broke her arm or dislocated her elbow twice? Especially the last one was unprovoked. Imagine Ronda mad. Yeah. yeah when, when we gonna get these subtitles for these Ronda Ronda promos? I don't know. Like I get the gist of what she's saying. She just flubs the words. You you want the subtitles or the bouncy balls? Bouncy balls. She's not. She's not. She's not. She's not like reciting these words in song. Um. Anyway, she. Uh, yeah. So. Rhonda says she knows that uh, that she just that Stephanie just out there to do Vince's bidding, so she cuts to the chase. She wants Becky reinstated, and um, and she's at her wits' end. Um, Stephanie says uh, getting reinstated is the least of her problems because Becky has been arrested. Uh, she saw her get cuffed and stuffed. Apparently, um, Rhonda wants the charges to be dropped and tells Steph to go get her daddy to get it done. Uh, Stephanie says she doesn't know how many times she has to do it, but her or how many times she has to say it, but her opponent is Charlotte. Um, um, she says that that's not how she wanted it, and it's not how uh, Stephanie wanted it. But Becky is a loose cannon and unprofessional, and Becky did this to Becky, which is like you know, Brett scoop Brett. Um, so instead of so instead of it, it being on the road to WrestleMania, she's down the road to jail. Uh, Rousey says that uh, Lynch that, that putting Lynch back in the match is the best for business, and everybody wants her and Becky and Charlotte in the first ever women's. Uh, WrestleMania main event, the crowd chance triple threat, um, which at least you know at least some people want it. Um, she implores Steph to think about what it means for her daughters and and um, and then uh, Stephanie apologized and said, "I'm sorry, but the answer is but the answer is a hard no." Rhonda says that she's not a, um, that she's not. Oh, sorry. Rhonda says that that's not good enough, and she demands Becky be reinstated right now. Um, so she starts pitching a fit. Stephanie says, who does she think she is to be talking to her like that and points out that she's her boss and Rhonda works for her. Vince, is, Vince was right, and nobody's bigger than WWE, not even you, Rhonda. Rousey then gets in her face and says she doesn't control her. She's not like everyone else, which so is to say that she is an actual star, and the rest of these people are fucking jabrones and worker bees. All right, we're back, James. You were saying they were worker bees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Ronda says that she's the Raw Women's Champion and she will, and she will uh, defend the title against the best of the best. But if it's just uh, to be defended against the Chosen, then it's just a belt and she can endorse what uh, Vince is doing to the title. Um, she says that... Uh, she says that Vince the other a few weeks ago said that he makes all the tough decisions. Well, it's time for him to make the right decision. So Rana then sets the the Roman's belt down on the canvas at Stephanie's feet and leaves. This so, crowd clearly wants to boo her, and they are bending over backwards to ensure that doesn't happen. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of. 
Um, I'm gonna make her this honorable champion, and she's the reason that that everyone gets, uh, or excuse me, that Becky Lynch gets in, back inside the match. Boy, this whole yeah, thing is a like, mind fuck. And then they go into WrestleMania, and they're both her and Charlotte are both gonna get booed just as much. So it don't like you get you, like I I see where you're going at it, but like she's still getting booed, and like whenever she does come back, like she's gonna get cheered again. So who gives a shit? Just go with it. What you just do what y'all gonna what y'all gonna do? Like just play up to the result you're gonna get at WrestleMania anyway, and and run that to the hilt. Whatever. Um. Let's see. Uh, yeah, so we come back from commercial break, and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, has a pre-recorded message for um, Ric Flair for his 70th birthday. Incredible timing. Right yeah. after Becky gets arrested. <laughs> right. Um, we didn't get a recap. We didn't get a recap of uh, what we saw on the first hour of Raw. Um, so then we go back, and Steph is showing me with Triple H backstage, and she's holding the the Raw woman's belt. She looks confused and or conflicted. Uh, so. We go to Jinder, Jinder Mahal in the ring, uh, and he cuts a promo. Um, he he ends up uh, talking down all the Ric Flair birthday stuff and festivities, uh, asking what what asking what Ric Flair's ever done and accomplished, and saying that the biggest travesty is that he wasn't invited. Oh, that's why you mad, right? <laughs> How you going here from our car to club? You can't even get in, right? Um, uh, yeah, so he said you can't have a you can't have a celebration without the modern day Maharaja. Uh, that's why he just uh, I'm sorry. That's why he said that he's having an open challenge for any superstar that was invited to the to the match or sorry to the Ric Flair party to come and match with him right now. So all of a sudden you hear those trumpets and you already know what it is. You suck, Kurt Angle. <laughs> with no uh, advertisement, nothing, just a dude answering an open challenge. I'm, My I mean, God, would you ever? Okay, so I, I, apparently uh, tonight was his for, or Monday was his first win in a singles match on WWE since like 2006 or some shit like that. So would you have? Would you be out here advertising Kurt Angle? That's how you treated this legend, bro. Just awful. Just a dude. Just here. Like they, you, you know, we're at a point now where with with angle to where it feels like they're hey, cutting you embarrassing yourself they're no like they were like look man if you just like you know like if you like if you mow the lawn like if you mow the lawn like we'll give you an allowance junior that's what it feels like Bruh. if you go out there you do your little if you do this little you know your little things here and there whatever else we'll cut you a check this man looks like willie mays oh god this um, man is washed cooked I think that's kind of unfair to Willie Mays. This man looks like Shaq on the Celtics. <laughs> Shaq on the Celtics was good until he tore his Achilles, though. He was better than Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I got a million more wash people. This man oh, looks yes, like yes, this man looked like Patrick Ewing on the Magic. This man looks like Hakeem Olajuwon on the Raptors. Oh, God. Wow. This man looks wow. like... <laughs> This man looks like uh God damn, I can't even get it get it out. I'ma just let it go. I'm gonna I'm just let it go. Oh uh, he he <laughs> he looks like United Center Chargers jersey, right? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh yeah, Kurt Angle Mahal yeah, Kurt Angle versus Jinder Mahal, short match, angled by the Singh brothers. And then uh Jinder ends up catching him with a boot for a two count. Angle ends up uh fighting out a rest holding and hits a German suplex. 
Um, Angle then follows that up with uh, with three consecutive uh, uh, German suplex with waist control. Then um, then he ends up knocking his things off the apron. Uh, Angle then uh, slipped out of a colossal attempt and then slapped on the ankle lock for the submission victory. Um, after the match, uh, the Sings top in the ring one at a time, and Angle nearly kills both of them with, uh, with each with uh, with a German generally suplexes apiece. Look, they, they sure made Kurt Angle look like he was not washed, dude. Um, the first, I think, the first one was uh, Samir, dude. Like ain't Samir just the one that just came back, right? S- Samir is the one that just came back. Yes. From injury, from doing these big bumps for for gender, and that man immediately come back. And what's the first thing he do? He goes up super high while he's all, when he's a lighting ass anyway to begin with. Lands around his head, similar to the Brock Lesnar situation. Like, and these, then like these boys got that Naito syndrome, like landing on top oh, of your head. Oh yeah, yeah. Good point. I didn't even think about that. So no, no transition, no nothing. You know, we gonna keep it on crash TV as always. Alexa Bliss comes down out to the ramp for a moment of bliss, and her guest is Finn Balor. Come back from Russia break and um, Nikki Bella's win at the Women's Image Awards gets plug. It's a plug. Um, it's by Ronda Rousey and tells her not to let the red carpet hit her in the butt on the way back. Um, and she then says that uh, as as a former Raw Women's Champion, she never disrespect the title like that. But if the McMahons are looking for someone who they can rely on, they know where to find her. So then she turns her attention on to reliable for what. Go ahead. Hey, hey, apparently they can't rely on her to have a 10 minute match last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you're coming anyway. out here with that Alexa Bliss shit, my God, these last couple weeks have been damning. Not even that. Like, like think of how big her pop was when she announced she was coming out, for, she was going to be in the Rumble, right? Yeah. And then they threw her out unceremoniously. They did nothing with the fact that she got thrown out, even though, like, they pushed her. Like a fucking superstar for two for a year and a half, right? And they threw her out, and then they've done jack shit with her, except for this, these these they, terrible. They've given her a things. new gimmick where she wants, like, where she wants to fuck every one of her guests. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's her new gimmick, James. Yes. <laughs> like her, like her whole gimmick now is that she gets turned on by by pe- by people by men. Like that's like any any dude as any dude any dude does not like Otis. any dude with a nice physique I guess anyone that ain't you ain't Otis. Get by, by Otis at all yeah thank God for that I don't want to see that <laughs> well like, however you find love is however you find love but like I'm not no not with no heel I'm not I'm not believing that shit nope what you mean that that's that's right up there alley look you remember the nineties when when Sonny was out there uh, playing Phineas Godwin. Had, had him no. thinking he was about to, about to, you know, score big. You know what I thought you were about to say? I thought you were about to do, talk about even Zack Ryder. And I was like, exactly. Look what that did for Zack Ryder's fucking career. Like, I don't want to do that. That's like, that, that le- does nothing for anybody. At least Phineas got to throw the slop on Sonny at one point. Well, I mean, so you don't, so you don't think that like when Eve kicked Zack Ryder in the nuts at WrestleMania 28, that that was, that he, that wasn't no, that wasn't get back. No, <laughs> that, that, no? that was not a star making moment. Oh, you, you sure? I am you positive. Probably. I am positive, James. Okay. Okay. Speak. 
you need me to talk about like the too little too late like uh victories of all time and like when he oh won that ladder god. match at Royal WrestleMania 32 is that yes. ladder like oh my god like that could that would have been nice four fucking years ago yes <laughs> okay Man, so too little too late victories my god yes look it's about, <laughs> look look if Seth Rollins like when he goes to WrestleMania this should have been happening at SummerSlam last year yeah or or Look, let's say let's I'm, say Braun Strowman wins the title. Like you, yeah. Now, oh, now, now, yeah. After you ruined it, you ruined it, damn it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, we're, 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 oh yeah, we're talking about going to be well, oh, Alexa sorry. and her new gimmick. Yeah, yeah. This thing was so bad that we just like talked over it. Anyway, we'll get we'll, we'll we'll fill you guys in on all the details of it. <laughs> so, um, she brings out Finn Balor. She congratulates him for his win, but says it's a shame that the belt covers up those beautiful abs of his. And then Finn says, are you trying to make him blush? Are you trying to make me blush? And then she offers him a deal. If you, Finn, show your abs, and I'll show you my Leo Rush comes out. I came to collect. collect. Money-tistic. Yeah. And what he said, what he came to collect was this terrible segment and make it actually interesting <laughs> for, for once. So... He said, so uh, Rush says that uh, this whole talk show was a scam, is a sham, and Balor doesn't deserve to be the champion. Lashley does. Balor says that Lashley, if Lashley wants to challenge him for the title, he knows where to find him. Rush says Lashley's getting ready for a match with Strowman later tonight, which means Balor has to answer to him. And he's not leaving until he gets the title back, uh, and even if he has to pry it out of Balor's hands himself. Um, Balor asks if this is a challenge for the for the title to prove that Rush is better than Lashley, and then Rush uh, denies it. Uh, but Balor says he'll accept the challenge anyway. So Rush is reluctant, but Alexa accuses Rush of not being man enough to get the job done by himself. So Rush accepts. Uh, but uh, and then uh, she ends up saying to him that uh, I'm sorry. Rush says that he knows he can beat Balor in his leather jacket in his tidy whities. Um, his tight his trunks were red, red, by the way, folks. Anyway, um, Russ says he's going to he's going to the back to prepare for the match, but Alexa, who ain't got so much as uh, hall monitor's authority um at this point, tells tells uh Rush that the match is right now. I don't know how she Bro, what? I don't what if, what if Leo Rush never came out there? What was going to happen, James? Better yet. Yes, if he didn't come out and then get an altercation, how how would it even be a match? Also how does she have know that? How does she have the authority to grant a match that when she ain't got no authority to build a match? She can't even book herself in no fucking matches within the television time, like that was allocated. Like, like the I, I would think the moment of bliss was supposed to go a certain amount of time. But if you set up a match, like, don't you got to clear that with somebody? Like, don't you got to clear that with the network? Or one, one would think, one would think. Anyway, um, I did like Leo from- Rush's promo, like, and he brought the energy out and everything yeah. he ended up doing actually here. Yeah, so uh, we come back from commercial break and we end up getting a, a video from future WWE Hall of Fame Maria Maria Menounos wishing Ric Flair a happy birthday, and then uh, then we see Sting and Titus O'Neil on the Ric Flair red carpet. Uh, so Finn Balor versus the Money Tistic Leo Rush in an Intercontinental Title Match. Um, Rush caught Balor or catches Balor with a consecutive suicide dives, but Balor got his knees up on a frog splash attempt. Balor came up limping after this uh, and, and he ends up selling his left knee. Um, Balor came back with chops and a sling blade, but Rush drop kicked him on the bad leg. Rush works over the bad leg, but Balor fights back and hits Enziguri. Rush responds with a spinning kick for a two count. 
Balor avoids a moonsault and nails Rush with a clothesline. It sends him f- flipping h- ass over tea kettle. Um, Balor uh, goes up for a, crew to, a coup de grass in the words of Dusty Rhodes, but uh, Rush knocks him down and ends up kicking <laughs> kicking at Balor's leg. I almost said he kicked his leg out of his leg. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rush goes for his bottom rope uh, springboard stunner, but Balor ends up uh, catching him and then... Uh, n- Drops him with a nineteen or sorry nineteen sixteen, which just looked brutal. Um, and then he ends up hitting uh, the coupe de grass for the win. Michael Cole described it as a gutsy win for Balor. Th- like this was a fun match and Leo, real nice team honestly, match. Yeah, like Leo, bro. Leo's a star and like he's just a little dude. Like that's that's his yeah. whole bat. I he's do, just little. I do question them having him go like so evenly matched with the manager. With Balor, um, yeah. yeah, but. As you mentioned, I'm I'm starting to see like week by week like Leo Rush has something, and I don't know no. where he needs to be. He's just so fucking small. Like like he's smaller than you know. How people like to act like Finn Balor is that small. Like Leo Rush is like a level smaller than Finn Balor. Like he's Ray small. Yeah, and I I mean like '90s Ray small. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Like I think I also put on the notes. Um, but yeah, he has everything but the size. Yeah, like he, um, like he looked like you look at the, what, these, these matches he's been in over the past, like, what was it 14 days or so, whatever else? Like, he comes off really well. And I mean, anyone for those that, done, that never saw him, whatever else, but like, yeah, he, um, he's a better, like, he has a chance to be a little, he could be an underdog babyface, whatever else. And it helps him out a lot compared to other guys that he's actually graduated to to the main roster, yeah, supposed to be on 205 Live. <clears throat> so, uh, the commentary team hypes up Strowman versus Lashley, and and then uh, also Ric Flair's birthday party for later. Uh, we go backstage and we get where the Ascension confront Tucker. Oh my gosh, this is just this past me present. Yeah, uh, so they wonder where Otis is and figure that he must be dumpster dying for cheeseburgers, and then they call him a pig and make a crack about him not having a neck, and make a joke about him not having a neck. Um, Tucker warns them to watch the mouths, to watch their mouths, uh, talking about his little brother. Because even though he may not be as educated as them, you know the motherfuckers from what the dark lands or some the bad lands, wherever the fuck they're from. They're, they might as well be from hell. Like I don't. <laughs> like no, they got to be one of you know parts. Un- they're from one of those like parts unknowns or you oh, know okay. like like the the warrior area code. Yeah, like they're one. Yeah, one of them. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway. uh... Like, yeah, he said even though he doesn't yeah, even though Otis doesn't have um that kind of education as you know the Badlands have or the Wastelands have. Our um, world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh oh my god, I lost track. Sorry. Um talking about yeah. Otis. Even though he's not yeah, even though he's not as educated as, as as these people from parts unknown, uh he is uh Otis is is, is sensitive. So a beat later, Otis shows up and Tucker goes out and repeats everything that the Ascension said. And then Otis gets hot and shoves both of the road rejects into the uh, equipment box and leaves them laying. <laughs> Bro. Geeks. Just absolute, like, the ascension. Quit. I mean, if they ask for the release, I'm sure they can get it. Yeah, they might be able to. Well, good luck. I don't, know, I, mean, I don't know who else picking them up. Is there anywhere other than the WWE main roster that would, like, use them right now? Like, could you see them going to New Japan and being in the tag team division? I don't know. I don't think so. 
Uh, I, I don't see it, brother. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't, like, I, look, I don't see the young bucks wanting to wrestle the ascension. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't even I, know if Ring of Honor like would be so. Um. Oh my God! If Ring of Honor will touch you, <laughs> like, maybe, may, maybe they would. Maybe because I, I Connor's big. Would. I think they would. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, we come back from our break and it really clips of Reigns is announcing for earlier in the night. And then they show, uh, some headlines from various media outlets that covered the story, uh, backstage in gorilla blast. was pissed at, uh, rush because rush was supposed to get him the icy title match, but instead he got himself the match and he lost Bro, again. Lashley was sweating that man was vascular that man was turned up like that man looked like he had finished a full workout before the match but you notice that there he actually like had emotion in his words like he actually seemed like you know a human that emotes yes see look, look at that it took him a year but look he actually sounds like a human being look at that <laughs> anyway um so then last he wonders out loud if he could trust him and then rush said yes so then the music hits and they said come walk the aisle with me he treated him like he was elizabeth for christ's sakes so uh <laughs> so anyway uh this cut this this is a turn of total smiles like uh they didn't have a match it, last he ends up attacking uh Strum before the match the referee tries to stop him but eventually just says fuck it and leaves because he don't want no smoke with those Bro, two i monsters. didn't even notice that i thought like the match was going on and it just ended <laughs> No, there was one no match. Like, I think I was just staring at the screen. Like a lot of this show, bro. Like everything that was happening around the matches was just really good. And then when the matches were happening, I was like, "This show sucks." And then, like, aside from the Lashley match, or excuse me, aside from the um, Leo Rush and uh, Balor match, uh. I thought the first two matches were really good, but then after that, I was like, mm, yeah, I don't know. And then like, it, it, it the, we'll, we'll, we'll go, we'll, yeah, yeah, like we'll I kind of, I kind of see where you feel, feel on that. But like, mostly this thing was about angles, and I yeah. mean, most of the angles end up working, so I can't be mad at that. Like at least you know, compared to most other raws, like this was a very good raw. Anyway, um, yeah, so yeah, it was on site with those two. They start fighting. Um, uh, Strowman uh, counters a spinebuster and then fights Lashley off. Strowman eventually runs over both Lashley and Rush on the outside with running shoulder tackles. Lashley gets back to his feet and Strowman, as Strowman poses on the ramp. We go backstage and we get a Seth Rollins interview. He says he's got some extra pep in his step. Um, he's been thinking about Lesnar constantly the last few weeks in WrestleMania. It's the biggest match of his life. He promises he's going to leave for the title, but tonight is almost secondary because of his brother. Because his brother's back, he says that Roman is in remission and they're going to go celebrate. Uh, so he's got an ice cold beverage waiting, and he's going to burn it down in a different way. Bro, Seth Rollins is so corny. These backstage promos are killers, man. Like there is no. Like this dude feels like such a geek, like. <laughs> Like, like I, I'm, I'm like not in awe of this man. Like, he's not wrestling, which is what he's supposed to, is, which is like what it gets him over. And then, like, and that's not his fault. He's injured, right? So you can't, yeah. they can't do nothing with that. But like, can we? I mean, outside of like the promo when he's like so happy to to win the rumble, and it was like almost, almost like choked up in tears. Like, I mean, it feels like that was like 
um, it feels like that was three months ago when really that was only weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but they need more of that. They need to actually tap into this and they need to also like let him, you know, lay out Lesnar once as opposed to keep getting his ass beat. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, we go back, we go to a backstage area and uh, a limousine rolls up and it's Ric Flair and his wife, Winnie, and they made their entrance. Um, we get a back, we get a black history month, uh, video package. Um, we come back from commercial break and we get a recap of Becky Lynch getting arrested. And then Dean Ambrose versus Drew McIntyre in a no DQ match. Dean already in the ring Ambrose. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, they, they brawl on the outside briefly before the match officially begins inside the ring. Ambrose yanks off his belt and revealing that he actually is wearing two belts. Um, I, I Renee, no, that is this, ridiculous. Renee decides to point it out on commentary, and then Graves makes some um, Graves makes some some quip about uh, about Renee is the one that that dressed dress, packed his bag or dressed him or something like that. And I was just like, oh god, can we st- can we just Look, pretend that can we just pretend that they they are not actually married or should, whatever? Should Graves be talking about anybody's marriages right now? McIntyre knocks Ambrose down and then grabs the belt and then whips him <laughs> with it a few times. Just Ambrose saying. fights back and goes for a suicide dive. McIntyre catches him and drives him into the barricade and then hits an overhead suplex. Uh, we come back from another commercial break and Ambrose goes for a top rope, uh, goes to the top rope and then lands an axe handle onto McIntyre on the floor. Uh, Ambrose tosses him into the steps and then hits a net breaker for a two count inside the ring, obviously. Uh, Ambrose uh, grabs that extra belt that's that's out there and then starts whipping uh, McIntyre about a half a dozen times, and actually about a dozen times, and then lands a, a big and then McIntyre uh, recovers by landing a big headbutt. Uh, McIntyre tries to use the steps outside, but Ambrose kicks the leg, kicks his leg, and then I'm gonna set his leg out his leg again, um, and McIntyre falls into the steps. Um, Ambrose rams McIntyre's head into the steps and then Elias runs in and smashes a guitar across Ambrose's back. Uh, McIntyre then gets him in the ring and then nails a Claymore kick for the win. Um, after the match, Lashley and Corbin both come out to help stomp out Ambrose. Um, and then all of a sudden, Rollins and Reigns uh, run out and then make the save for the ex-homeboy, even though he ain't shit. Um, Rollins and Reigns clean house with steers, with, so with steel chairs and Superman punches and curb stomps and spears galore. Um, Rollins and Reigns head up the ramp, and then Ambrose claw, crawls towards the middle of the ring as Rollins and uh, Reigns stop and look back at him at the top of the ramp. And then uh, Ambrose gets on one knee and looks at them and smirks. Bruh, they done tried to reunite the shield more times than the Temptations. I am over this <laughs> shit, bruh. Finish it. Change it. <laughs> Fuck. No, the finishing of thing what I did like two weeks ago when I was yelling over your uh, over your commentary because I was like, I'm so disgusted and sick and tired Fuck. of this fucking raw show. Raw. Wow. I kept saying finish it so you get over with this. Get so are you gonna shit. screw on me? Because I look. I'm not as good at this as you are. So if you start yelling, finish it, I would just start busting down laughing. So let me know ahead of time what I'm what I'm in here. No, that, that, was, that, was, that was it. But like, okay, yeah, uh, like this 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 shield shit, man. This shit is cooked, bro. Like and then like the whole deal. Ending is 
leaving. So like, nah, man, don't give him no shine on the way out. That's not how you. That's not how you conduct business. And look, I understand you want him to come back. If you want him to come back, then you'll push him like a top star. You ain't doing that. So just let him leave. Beat him on the way out like a drum, and then and then wish him the yeah. best of luck, and hope he comes back one day so you can do another show reunion in, in a number of God. years. Yeah, man. Uh, the Dean Ambrose uh, World Job Tour rolls on. Yeah. So. Uh, we come back from commercial break and the announcers congratulate Paige and The Rock as we get a fighting with my family plug. Saw the movie this weekend, James. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, it was actually, like, decent. The one thing I think they kind of missed out on, though, like, in them trying to frame it for non-wrestling fans, I would say, they, I don't know if they did a great job painting exactly how special Paige was at the time, like, when she was... In given that she's a prodigy, given her exactly. age and all that, correct. Gotcha. Like I think that's like the one place it really came up short. Like I found myself like I brought uh, Catherine. I've, I've like kind of mm-hmm. talked to her after about it. I was like, so the thing like, and I told her I was like, the thing about it was like they didn't really tell you like how like different Paige was and like different and like prodigal. You know what word I'm looking for? Like prodigal, <laughs> prodigal that Paige was at that time and how like you know I think they kind of like said how important she was but i don't know if they showed you like enough of how special she was yeah like i mean what um i can't remember what year she signed but like she i guess what the best way to put it is like if you go if you if anybody like has any type of following for stardom or um or whether it's sendai or it's or it's uh tokyo joshi or whatever else like you know, if you have any following that you're aware of, like the age of some of these women that are some of the top performers and they're in their teens or whatever else, or they, you know, or they, you know, become, you know, top workers at, at, at a teenage age, like Paige was in that thing, except like she's a Westerner. So that was even more rare because you rarely saw, you know, people that young get, you know, be allowed to work and travel and, and plot her craft at that stage. And, you know, she was kind of one of the first people who was like, wait a second, like, can you tell me she was wrestling? She was 14. Right. Like that, that's almost, you know, that's kind of like, I mean, that happens in Japan, but like, doesn't really happen, you know, in England and um, America, uh, Australia and all the other, you know, colonized places, but <laughs> Western colonized places. But you get my point, like, it's kind of surprising. And like, yeah, you, you got a point on that one, but yeah, like maybe that would have, I don't know. I, I have watched a movie, so I can't really tell you, but yeah, that is a good point. <clears throat> yep. So, um, yeah, and Paige is 27. Or, yeah, she turns 27 in August. Like, that's, like, imagine how good she could have been, especially in this era where, like, you got Becky and, like, think of, like, how good of a promo she was when she, first, when she came back, like, the Absolution thing. Like, she was probably the best woman promo in the company at that time, or work, full-time worker in the company as far as the promo. So it was like, she had another run and, you know, just, you know. Body said no. Yeah. Um. Anyway, anyway, that sounds so d- dismissive. So we had Bailey and Nia Jax next, right, James? Yeah, Nia's in control until Bailey lands a jawbreaker. Bailey follows up with forearms and a drop kick, but Nia catches her and hangs her in a tree of woe, and then ends up landing a running hip attack. Sasha checks on Bailey, so Nia grabs Sasha by the head. Bailey strikes Nia with a running knee. 
Um, so then Sasha dodges a charge outside on the floor from Tamina, who who then goes crashing dominantly into the still steps. Uh, <laughs> Bailey ba- then and then all of a sudden Bailey nails uh goes back we go back to the ring with action in the ring and then Nia Nia is laid out still so Bailey goes top rope and nails her with the diving elbow drop for the win. That was a surprising finish. Hey, I, I'm they trying something else. Usually they they beat the champions in this situation. Um, I don't need to see Bailey doing no jobs for Nia Jax. So whatever. Shit. When I was watching the match, I was thinking, oh my god, they put them in the ring together again after what happened last or one of the last time. But I just please just don't drop on her shoulder. Please don't drop on her shoulder. Um. So, uh, so we end up getting uh, shown backstage. Stephanie and Hunter coming down uh, to lead the roster out for Ric Flair's birthday celebration. We come back commercial, and we end up getting Stephanie and Hunter making her entrance. Uh, Hunter says that things are usually hectic on Mondays, but on the road to WrestleMania, things get a little bit more hyped up. Uh, with that, uh, he says with uh, stuff like Roman returning and Ronda laying the belt down with the ultimatum, or Becky going going to jail. Um, but all of that pales in comparison to the reason why they're out here to celebrate Ric Flair's 70th birthday because he's the greatest of all time. Hold on, bro. Celebrating a 70 year old's birthday is, is is a bigger deal than your top than the, the person you made you pushed to be the top star of the company for the last five years. Look, uh, like returning from beating cancer. What? You, you see, they weren't really there to celebrate the. Uh... <laughs> The, you know, Ric Flair. This was something else. This was about the game. Here's the thing. Somebody wrote that, though. Either he wrote that or somebody else wrote that. Whoever wrote that needs to needs to go they need to go back and be like, wait, we said, why did I say this? I'm a moron. Whatever. I'll move on. I want to harp on it. Whatever else. At least Roman's back. Um, so, uh, I said don't harp on it. Like, if I didn't do that show two weeks ago. That's funny. <laughs> I worked on every damn thing. Anyway, uh, yeah. So Stephanie introduces some special guests. Uh, first, uh, first they bring out Sean, uh, who looks like you said Dutch Mantel. Uh, then they bring out Steamboat, who, as we talked about earlier, but as he's but actually as he comes out, he chops about half a dozen people who are who basically made an aisle way made out of the roster. He just chops them, chops them, chops them. Here's a, the last chop is going to Seth, who sells it as if like we need to give. Uh, steamboat another run so <laughs> I, look at hey. man 25 you can still go can he it's been 10 years you think he's still i think he can give you five good minutes i think, I, think so. I definitely think steamboat can give us five good minutes yeah i mean better than throwing this fucking corbin shit out here yes Jesus. um so and uh after, and then finally oh he then brings out kurt angle who you know got washed and, and threw on a Something that resembles a suit, and then he's bringing out Sting after that, who came out with that stupid WWE music that I hate for the passion. They said that that man walked right by Seth Rollins. There's no heat. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Anyway, Triple H says that uh, there's not been a whole lot more to add. Uh, but uh, sorry, he said he said this. There's not a whole lot more to add. Uh, to what's been uh, said about Ric Flair over the years. He said he's a limousine Ryan Jeff flying son of a gun. So rather than talk about him, he wants to um, look at what's causing all of this, and they toss a video package. Um, 
Steph then unveils a, a custom big gold belt, the Ric Flair belt. Um, uh, so then they end up giving him a, a big intro. Um, and all of a sudden, nobody comes out after they play the music. So then uh, we see a camera shooting somewhere in the hallway backstage. We see Dave Batista dragging a camera geek to a to a door, and he, he goes to the door, or he goes through the into the room. Next thing you know, uh, the, we cut to to the feet of the cameraman who just got drugged, and it's Batista walking out of the room, carrying or dragging out Ric Flair by the uh, by the collar out into the open area of the hallway backstage. Um, so they zoom in on Flair's face and Flair's like unconscious and then um, Batista ends up uh, asking if he asking looking to, dead into the camera um, and asking Hunter if he has his attention now. So Triple H gets out the ring and then he runs backstage to check out to check on Ric Flair, and and he's getting met and Ric Flair's getting medical attention and we end up going to black. That whole segment was excellent. It was um, it was it, they went off the air and I was like, oh my god, don't cut off the camera. Like I want to see what's next, and I think that's like one thing that uh they struggle with on Monday night raw quite frequently. Um, yeah. I want to say that the last time they did a, they did a segment like this, that was this well done was probably the festival of friendship with Jericho and Owens. Right. Is there anything else you can think of? Um, as far as like, you know, uh, a turn, I'd have to think about it. I mean, I necessarily turned is like, everything was executed so well and done. So like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I know people are going to harp on this or think that, like, um, like I understand why they're scripted promos and why things are scripted, and but, like, Matisse is, like, literally looking to the camera, dead in the camera. It's like, that is, like, that's what a human would fucking do. And, like, you felt that, and you felt, like, the danger and the menace and all that. Like, it was, it was awesome. I mean, I'm not too happy, like, looking back at it, like, you know, thinking about it, like, I'm not too happy about, like, Batista going into WrestleMania after he cut that fantastic promo uh, SmackDown 1000 um, as a heel against Triple H. I'm not I'm not exactly enthused about that, but like they shot a hot ass angle. Yeah, they they shot a really good angle. I'm I'm with you as far as like the match. Like there, there's it's obviously two 50 year old guys, and they will be the uh, the part timer discussion that will be had over this WrestleMania season before. Like, yeah, like they need to go twelve minutes tops. Yeah, like um, and but you know this is the Triple H rule. Like, when is Triple H ever going to go twelve minutes? Like, he's going to go twenty five minutes with with Batista, and they're going to try to pull all the smoke, all the mirrors, and just try to limp to the finish line. And Triple H is the babyface is just going to be absolutely hilarious. Like, because they're going to try to weave this NXT Triple H into it. I saw a really good booking idea. They said someone needs, like, Batista needs to invade NXT and, like, destroy just, like, random dudes at NXT. Like, basically, one Triple H to come out there and get it. Do you really trust him to do another NXT angle for a WrestleMania feud with Triple H? Like, how they did it? Russell, was that, uh, was that, uh, was that, was NXT San Antonio? Nah, Batista needs to show up to the taping. No. Like, this needs oh. to be on the network. Oh, I 
I don't think I don't think Batista is going to make it to to Winter Park. I don't think so. I've seen him there before. I'm sure you have, um, but he, he wasn't getting as many roles then either. Um, he had the uh, nose ring in, which was uh, a hot topic on the internet. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know that's how you know he's a heel. He got he has the nose ring in. Yeah, you notice that you notice he, the the nose ring and the shades are both blue, right? Yes, yes, I did. He I, like if you think Batista didn't notice that, you got another thing coming. He ain't never forgetting that Batista shit. Like the one thing I like about about I almost called him Batista. The one thing I like about Batista is that like more than anybody I could think of that was a big ass star. He is he he loves. He seems to know like what the fans are, are, are reacting to and how they're going to react to certain things, and he also is very aware of his limitations too. So, like when he was like with his last run, he was like, "Look, I'm going to bring him back as a heel because his face shit ain't going to work." He was right, and then it made it, and then made him heel. And when he talks about like his limitations in the ring, given his age and and everything else, like he's aware. Like he's not one of these dudes. He's not like Undertaker or, or Hunter that goes out there and is like, I'm going to go 15 plus minutes, even though I probably should go eight sometimes. Like he's not that person. So like triple H's um, matches tend to be like masturbatory. As, oh yeah. Like... Very much. Very much. Like, bro, like he's had the longest match. I believe he's had like the longest match in like more than half of like probably like uh, the last eight WrestleManias. He had the longest match in like over four of them. Like maybe like six. Yeah. yeah like it's why? Yeah. Like, and like the shortest match, like 18 minutes. And that was like the sting match. Right. And it's like, he, he still has to show he's this great quote unquote, great worker after all this time. And it's just like, move around, bro. But like, he's like, not a, but, but the thing with triple H is he's not, He's ne- I don't think he's ever been necessarily a great a great quote unquote technical wrestler. I think he's been a great storyteller and that that's been a good that can be a, that has been a very good worker at times or whatever else. Mm-hmm. But like the thing is like you get yourself into caught up in too much of that d- melodrama shit that that shit like no, especially when like some of these what? What was the last time he told like WrestleMania 20 or WrestleMania 30 is like the last time he told a consistently good story to build to help him in his match. Like 31, they kept retconning what they wanted Sting to be in that thing the whole time. Um, 32, like he's out here doing suck it poses. He's being he's playing baby face while he's fighting the, the dudes here trying to make the next top guy. Like he's an asshole. And then they have this, uh, this Harley race ass match at the end. Like <laughs> <laughs> and, by, uh, and by Harley race, I mean the speed of Harley race. Like <laughs> Jesus. Uh, thirty three. All all of all of the straw man healing stuff where he's like, so he's just so like he's not even a person that you get that's relatable in any way, shape, or form. There's nothing there that you can even latch onto emotionally. He just everything he did made no sense. He shot an angle in fucking November or September and then like put it to the side for months and months and months. Uh and then last year. I mean, last year I guess was, he said, I guess he said was, that one made more sense than most of the ones I just like just lamb based yeah, it, but that, and yeah, that like, one they knew they couldn't fuck that up, so like yeah, yeah, like at least that one they were reined in, and that was actually a good match. But it's like, thank you for that match, and um, you know, and you guys did a great job with that, and that's probably the that was everything that should that should be asked for out of 
when Vince talks about what he wants his sports entertainment to be, they need to go back and watch that Ronda mixed tag match. That's exactly what like sports entertainment should be. We all we rarely ever get that, but like on the Vince McMahon scale, that's a five star Vince McMahon match. So so and everyone was in, I don't know anyone that was entertained with that. If you say you weren't entertained with that match, you can go to hell because you're lying to yourself or you're just a hater, right? So um, but. Look at this track record. Look at what these matches were. Undertaker um, over the fall. Nah, bro. Wrap this up. 12 minutes tops. Yeah. Um, I, I, I shockingly don't hate the matchup. I, I would like, you know, I do kind of subscribe to the Jericho principle, though, of, hey, why aren't you wrestling any of the new guys? Who's going to be brought up from this? Like, these nostalgia mm-hmm. matches, like, why does Triple H want to keep having these? So... I, but- I, I, but the thing is, right? I think a lot of this comes down to uh, some of the word, word so some of the talk was that Batista is the only one to come back to put over over right. over Hunter. For so it's like reason. either either you're gonna get me or you're not gonna get me, and then also you throw in like Hunter's health with the the, the, with the uh, oh, pet that, or whatever I else. To mention that. Yeah, so it's like this thing. I mean, you can make it. You can argue that like this thing was like put together just shortly. Like they finally agreed to all this thing, all this stuff shortly. And like the original plan was really for Becky to come back a second time. Maybe. Maybe. Like that, I feel like that was that play. Like there's, you can see, like there are a few things that were like were in the air that were just floating around. Like when they turned Ambrose's face out of nowhere two weeks ago, um, and then they did that spot at uh, the pay per view with the triple, with the triple power bomb. Was like. They were getting word. They were setting the. They were setting in motion that like Reigns is going to come back, and they're probably going to do some version of a Shield multi-person match to get Reigns back into it or whatever else. Yeah. Like, and that's that's fine. But like, you can kind of see like you can think back in time. You're like, okay, huh? I wonder. Like, there's a reason why like Hunter, even though he like he completely healed out on on Be- on Becky. What was that? Two, three, four weeks ago. Yeah, and then he came back and baby face on it, right? It's like, oh, okay. Now you look back, and it's like, oh, okay. Like they were, it was putting shit was putting the motion at this point in time, and now they had to about course because like motherfuck continuity. <laughs> so also, if I know, I know some of y'all are thinking, how the fuck did Triple H get back by the time you know he had no, the injury at Crown Jewel? No, it look y'all already know if you thought Triple H was going to miss WrestleMania. And it wasn't for no quad injury or something where he couldn't walk. Like this man was about to inhale these PDs and whatever else he got to take to to get back because you know it ain't no test that he has to pass. So well, not, that man will be there uh, come game day. I ain't getting into it because I don't really care. But I will say this: like uh, he's probably coming back and he's probably working through this thing and he's not he's not even close. Like. If it was an everyday performer, he's probably not one to get cleared. He won't probably. Uh, he probably was not going to get cleared for this anyway, right? But it helps that he he helps decide who gets cleared, who doesn't, right? Just like Cameron Diaz in a in a oh my god, what's the name of the movie? Any given Sunday, yeah. like Cap Cap's not playing. Put put in Jamie Fox. So anyway, um, what was I going to say to you? I just blanked on the what I was going to think. What I was thinking about. Um, Overall, Monday Night Raw. Yeah, yeah. I, I th- oh, um, I think Raw was a good show for the most part. It was like, a good show. It was. This was like an easy to watch show. Uh, I think some of the stuff you do kind of blink out on, like when it comes to, to some of the wrestling that was on the show. But uh, mm-hmm. I like the angles that was on the show. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, and actually, like, this entire week finally felt like the first time I was like, oh, yeah, we're actually, like, aside from Royal Rumble, because duh. This is how like, it's supposed to oh, yeah, be when you're, go- when you're building up WrestleMania. It's like, oh, yeah, it actually it actually feels like we're headed towards WrestleMania. And then you look up, it's like, oh, wow, we're only, like, six weeks away or five weeks away. It's like, you could do so much more with this shit than they do. Like, they, I, I really, like they literally I really be think, like, just kick the can down the road and be like, all right, we'll do a four-week build or a six-week build. It's like, motherfucker, you have months to make this shit as epic as you can. And it's just like, I don't know if they I, feel I, like they run out of shit. They don't have, like, the card ready. Oh, well, the card wasn't ready. Yeah. You heard that. You yeah. heard the card was ready. But the thing for me was, like, this week felt like, okay, we have a we actually know like okay we know we have Batista on on hand like we know um, that we're for sure that we're going with the three way we're not going him home and like tonight is like apparently it's like oh yeah we're actually going to do Kofi Kofi Mania or whatever else um, I mean and then there, there's a few other things they got to iron out obviously but like they already had like the two top matches already in place and now they're filling out the rest of it and it's like okay now I can now I can kind of sit back and be like all right. Now it's time to get these angles and let's see how, you know, coherent these things are. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap up the Monday Night Raw portion. We will be back with SmackDown Live. Welcome back to One Nation Radio. It is time for your SmackDown Live portion, which I'll be covering here. So we were in Charlotte, North Carolina. Home of the Hornets. Uh, Stephanie and Shane were in the ring with Daniel Bryan first for the contract signing, and we got some big Kofi Kingston chants. Uh, Shane said he wanted to talk about Kofi Kingston, called him an overnight success over the last 11 years, and when he debuted, unbelievable things happened, and they threw to a video in 2008 just to show how long uh, it's taken to ever push this guy at a top level. Um we had some Royal Rumble highlights, pretty much Kofi Kingston's whole highlight reel. They showed everything from the handstands to the pogo stick. They talked about how many titles Kofi had won. So we got more videos from 2008 and 2009 just to drive the point home of how long they've been asleep at the wheel. And Shane said, perhaps we've overlooked uh, this individual. No duh, motherfucker. <clears throat> Perhaps. <laughs> so they talked about uh, Kofi's recent performances at the, uh, the with the gauntlet match, the Elimination Chamber, and also in the six man last week. Kofi came out carrying the fucking pancakes, and it's amazing how crowds everywhere have just supported all this. Uh, Brian looks absolutely disgusted when the New Day got in. Kofi ran around the ringside area like the Ultimate Warrior, slapping the hands uh, of all the fans. Kofi out in the mic said, 11 years, man, all I wanted was a chance. And after 11 years, it's happening, baby. Said, we know it wouldn't be possible without my brothers, the New Day. Crowd hit him with the you deserve it chance. Kofi said it wouldn't be possible uh, without the strong social media buzz. That Fastlane is going to do what people have wanted to see him do for a long time. And E and Xavier were in the background saying, get that wood. Essentially referring to uh, Daniel Bryan's championship. Kofi said that he's going to beat Brian and win a title. Small yes chant, and then a big Kofi chant took over, and he finally sat down. Kofi looked so happy to sign that piece of paper. It looked like he had just got approved for a loan for a house or something. Like, he was just... <laughs> uh, then all of a sudden, Vince McMahon's music hit. 
He's out here clapping and smiling, and he called Kofi extraordinary. Uh, Vince told Kofi that he appreciated him over what he's done over the last 11 years. He said, however, I have to have to give everyone the highest caliber competition, and he's thinking about box office, and I'm replacing Kofi with someone more deserving, more qualified, Kevin Owens, who makes his return, um, who's apparently back now after all these videos they were just playing that said he was about a month away every time and that turned out to be bogus but uh kofi fucking loses it everyone boos woods goes on and on about how y'all should be disgusted i saw this and i was like so this is the new thing to get heat now like you just have vince mcmahon come out here and replace motherfuckers for arbitrary or no reason Yes, it's telling the it's telling the meta story that Vince McMahon is out of touch and doesn't know what the fans actually want. And then like Stephanie and Hunter are are there, so they're not actually so they can have a plausible deniability that they're not actually handling these conversations until eventually it, they they'll turn on somebody and then it'll turn out like oh they were about, they were alone making the scheme, scheming with them all along, right? So that would that would I, be, I mean, that would be so coherent that I don't think they'd ever put some shit like that together <laughs> oh but you know good and well uh, stephanie and hunter are gonna turn at some point you know that yeah um but anyway um yeah like that's the thing is like they're really playing off what people really think is going on with vince and and his idea for booking it's like all right like that's cool but like you can't do that and also like have like bobby lashley and, and leo rush like make up on fucking instagram either like you can't do that you know what i'm saying like you right. can't acknowledge it's a problem and then and then like continue to do stuff that people keep saying are fundamental problems with the show. Like with the show, like like Vince is literally tracking shit in on his shoes still while saying my shoes are clean. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, like I like I like that part for as far as the angle, like that's fine. But like, you're still doing this. You're still turning people with, for no rhyme or reason, no explanation. Like anybody, anybody want to know why they did that last shit? Anybody? No. Okay. I have no answers. Uh, yeah. So Kevin Owens is back as a babyface uh, for tonight, and he deserves yeah, it, tonight. and all this other stuff. He hasn't been seen new in tats. months. What's up? New yeah, tats. New tats. A uh, little bit lighter as well. Um, yeah. So Kevin Owens is backstage. He says, "I didn't have anything to do with this." And Stephanie and Shane wonder how long Owens has known about this. He tells them, "Don't worry about that." One comment. You know, I, I, I thought about this when it happened, right? So, Rich, you remember the last time uh, Kevin Owens and um, and Vincent Man were in the were on SmackDown together? What happened? I was just gonna get to that. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Shane and Owens are together, and the last time they were there was WrestleMania 34, and the build up to that when they were having a blood feud with each other and fighting in the Hell in a Cell match and ruining SmackDown Live. Why did they have a hell, what, what was the angle that they shot for Hell in the Cell, Rich? He head-butted Vince McMahon in the fucking head and busted him to the white meat. It was a raw head-butt. It was a... It, it was a raw Umberton head-butt. It, it didn't put a hand up. It was literally, it was literally Shibata head-butting Okada. Like months, which was months after this... Or maybe a month or two after Shibata actually um, ended his career after head-butting Okada. Yeah. It's like you, that, and he's that, seven, that time he was seventy two. It's like you fucking loon. What are you doing? That that same Kevin Owens. That that's the same exact guy. Um, yeah, they gave him a title shot. Why? 
because and also like don't you have, don't you feel weird like when you see Stephanie and Hunter like um like they congratulate like or they talk about like how good it is to have Roman Reigns back after they shot that whole fucking thing and they never like they never they never come around on it to like you know say that they you know they've 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 made up or you know hard feelings here in the past or they just come out and just like oh yeah I am your boss after all it's like yeah you were my boss but like I beat your ass and overcame you. Because the storyline always involves you until next time for come for you like to come back and then you have some how do you have some authority over me even though like I whoop that ass like what do, like Ronda Stephanie coming out to Ronda Rousey is like makes you be like bruh, she whooped that ass like she won't you can't say nothing to her because she'll whoop that ass again right in theory that's that's how it would go in normal life but as you know oh, yeah. this is the, like, the reason McMahon why family wrestling circus. Whoop- Right, the reason why people get their ass whooped is to let you know that like there are things you just cannot do, or or that's the consequence getting your ass whooped. And then the man's they don't never learn. Three, three months come by, they come out there again, and then it, and then it works. They just like they got mind control over these people. Apparently, like <laughs> time is a flat circle, they do. and the man's are always in control. Jesus Christ! I know some of y'all are probably wondering why why we're not like tripping over Kofi being taken out of the match, but. Um, Kofi Mania, that's why. This might be the door to get Kofi actually not the match at Fastlane, but the WrestleMania yeah. match. Kofi Mania. Like, I'll say this, right? <clears throat> like, if it comes out to where, like, he does get the match at WrestleMania and they actually legitimately just swap the match on him, then, like, then there, then there will be Fury. But, like, that's... Yeah, look, that appears to be I, I'm, what I'm putting, the change I, I'll, I'll put the, the Fury on, on layaway, so... Uh, and I'll go cash that bitch out if need be. So uh, Kofi uh, asked to team or Owens asked to team up with Kofi and fight Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. Uh, excuse me, just Rowan. Uh, and I'm thinking, wow, we're really just taking talent off Monday Night Raw, James. So like, like Raw needs all the help it can get. Uh, and and we got instead of Gargano and Cesaro, the bar against the reunited Hardy Boys. So Matt this Hardy comes ba- from Raw. This bait and switch ass shit. Like this, like if this had been any other state but North Carolina, would this have happened? No. Okay, I mean, just for my sake, I, I didn't even know. Not. Like. I just, I just need to know. I need answers for this. I would think not. So uh, WWE canceled Gargano versus Cesaro on no notice. Uh, and they were just the regular nostalgia act Hardy boys. Matt was in really good shape. Uh, someone said that he faked retirement to get away from Bray Wyatt, uh, which I <laughs> died laughing when I saw that. Uh, it was a normal tag match. Matt got a hot tag, and uh, he isn't even on this damn show, as I wrote in my notes. The bar almost stole a win. (laughs) Jeff hit the swanton for the win. (laughs) Jeff had to jump halfway across the ring for this swanton, and he barely got over. Oh, you talking about the swanton? Yes. Oh, my God. He, like, okay, I watched it, and as he's, he's, like, basically in the middle of the ring, I'm like, Jeff's not going to make that. Like, he has to roll over, right? Then then they showed, you know, know, the multiple camera angles, and they zoom back, and they show, actually, where he didn't. Shams didn't move. I'm like, he's not going to do this. And then he yeah, does. I'm like, oh my do god, it. he fucking crushed Seamus. Yeah. Um. I mean, Seamus gave out so many raw hits over the years. So <laughs> he's like, this is for when you this is for when you kick my teeth out. Might have been a receipt. 
So uh, Ricochet and Black were in the back. They were talking about how nice it would be to fight the Hardy Boys. Lana walks up to them and says, y'all ain't nothing special. Y'all are ordinary. Y'all ain't former U.S. champs. Like, that means any fucking damn thing. Uh, <laughs> Ricochet says, you must not have seen Raw. We beat their tag team champions. And, you know, what Rusev can't catch, he won't, you know, he just said some type of phrase. He couldn't catch him, essentially. No, I think he fast. said you can't crush what he can't catch something That's like it. that. Yeah. Um, Alistair Black says they will fade to black. Creative. He said more. He said more than that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. Look, everybody. Everybody has their their, their things in their in their little backstage promos that are always like the same cutesy branding thing that they do. But he didn't say you will fade to black. Like he didn't. He didn't do that. Don't do that. He said more than that. Don't be a jerk. I, I'm just going off the notes because I I didn't really feel like it was it was really important. He's trash for that. Um, so, R-Truth is out. My fucking God. And then we haven't seen this guy in fucking weeks. So, he wins the United States title at the beginning of Black History Month. Disappears the whole month on just for no reason. I, he, I don't even know if this dude's in catering. Um, didn't he do... Bro, was the Jack Swagger fight this month or last month? Um... It was the same night as the, the Royal Rumble, right? Uh, was it Royal Rumble or was it Elimination Chamber? It wasn't Elimination Chamber. It was. We were over at, it was something that ended early. I guess it was Royal Rumble. Then. I think it was the same night as Royal. Okay, I was gonna. No, say. no, 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 no. Wait, wait. It was, it was the same night as uh, Takeover. That's right, because it went yeah. off. It was a Saturday night. Okay. Yeah, and then like he did, he did the show. Or he did the the, the the he walk out with with swagger, and then he ended up doing the it came out at thirty yeah. or whatever else. Okay, yeah. so our truth won the United States title the following Tuesday. We hadn't seen him since, <laughs> yeah. and he showed up with like an American flag vest on. Said he was since he was a kid, he wanted to be like his hero, John Cena. So he's going to do. Yes, disregard the fact that R-Truth's a grandfather. Uh, and John Cena's like a smooth six or seven years younger than him. You know what he is now, right? What? He's little Jimmy. God damn it. He's uh, li- Am I lying? He's little Jimmy. He's like, I grew up on Like, the whole thing started on John Cena, against John Cena, and now he has become little Jimmy now. Apparently, oh my God, he said he's gonna follow in his footsteps. Do the U.S. Open Challenge. They do a dance break, and then uh, Saxon says that he's going to drop it like it's hot on commentary, which was just like, bro, retract yourself, please. Give me a ring. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, speaking of drop it like it's hot on Genius, they have a beat breakdown for Manny Fresh on there. You should check that out, James. Oh, is deconstructed. Yeah. Okay. Um. After that, Andrade answers the open challenge, walks out and to the I, ring, and I lose it at home. I'm like, "This is what this is what you're asking for: title versus match, WrestleMania 35." And then, so does Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio jumps him from behind like an evil person, a heel, and the you know heel Rey Mysterio. Um, 
and then R-True gets in the ring, uh, asks him to get along, says he has a dilemma. He doesn't know who to fight right now. He asks, what would John Cena do? Carmella says that John Cena will fight them both at once. True says no thanks to both, but he eventually bucks up and decides, fuck it, I'll run it with both of y'all. So we got Andrade versus R-Truth versus Rey Mysterio, a match that I never knew would ever happen. Um, started with, and my feed kind of dropped during the middle of this match. It's a good ass match. Yeah. Um, so they started. Shocker, right? Yeah. Those three, those three good ass wrestlers had a good ass match. <laughs> so uh, it was a drop kick from Andrade to Ray. Ray hit a hurricane on Andrade. Truth gave uh, Ray a close or clothesline for two. Andrade caught Truth on the apron and power bottom. Ray went for the DM slide and got kicked out the air as we went to break. Uh, you call it the DM slide? Yes. Yes. I, I this is I've I've called it that for a while now. I've nothing I've ever heard you call it the DM slide. Yeah. And also I do I I I do the notes for SmackDown. So normally, so I, I don't I don't think I've ever heard you call that one. Yeah. I don't like it. Yep. The DM Moving slide. On. So DM slide. Uh, back from break, Ray hit a hurricane on Andrade off of Truth's shoulders. Our uh, Truth ended up hitting a five knuckle shuffle at one point. Uh, like I said, I missed some of this match, but our Truth ended up regaining or retaining the title for some ungodly reason by pinning Rey Mysterio. How did the finish go? Uh, basically, uh, Ray gets them, in, or sorry, uh, Ray Andrade gets Ray in a in German suplex position. Um, uh, and then as Ray is coming, I'm sorry, uh, R-Truth is coming up from behind. Ray basically flips over the top on both of, over both of them. And he basically drop kicks both of them into 619 position. And he ends up 619. He goes for 619. He ends up not taking out Andrade, but he, but R-Truth moves out the way. And then he gives him a schoolboy. Gotcha. And I heard Andrade look furious after this match. I mean, not furious. Like they, uh, they, him and Ray like fight after, uh, like, like he tried to beat each other up, and then like he ends up, uh, Ray ends up sending uh, Andrade packing, and then he's going to give him another six, uh, another six one nine. But he ends up uh, rolling out the ring and does a, oh, not you're not going to get me again situation. So that that feud is still going on. Meanwhile, like, but it's still no title. So it's like, great. So, like, I wonder what our troop. Gee, I wonder what our troop is going to be doing come WrestleMania uh, night, come WrestleMania weekend. Like, what do you think he's going to do, do? What do you think he's going to be doing on the WrestleMania card? Like, what do you think he's an opener, or do you think he's like uh, third from or second from the top, or second from from the second match, or do you think like he's going to be on the fucking show? Uh, I I think that man's going to be in the Andre Rusimov battle royal. <laughs> oh yeah, so. Why don't we put the belt on Andrade and have him go out there and have a fucking uh, uh, a final match with Ray and uh, uh, tear, help tear the roof off the crowd as the opener? You know, Why don't we do something like that? I don't know if they're invested in good wrestling at WrestleMania um, no. at times. So, Go figure. Um, Charlotte was out next wearing Wait, all black. On, well, all right, hold on. Like you, you pay Ray Mysterio main eventer money, and then you don't want to have him have a fucking match at WrestleMania or uh, something like to do at WrestleMania worth a damn. All right, cool. Makes sense. Seems legit. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte was out wearing all black in her hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, 
Vince said, or she says Vince made the main event of Fastlane better, instantly getting booed. Almost as important when he anointed your queen to save the main event against Ronda Rousey. Becky Chance took over. She asked if the crowd was finished. Says she knows why Vince did it. To more Becky Vince, uh, Becky Chance she said, unlike that criminal Becky or that quitter Ronda, I do what is asked of me and I deliver. Media, charity, live events, the main events. She's the gold standard with the yellow hair to match. Um, <laughs> Ronda laid down the belt that she proudly carried. She said she would never do that. Uh, she said, I'll tell y'all what y'all are thinking or what they are thinking. They fear me. Charlotte is overacting the fuck out of this promo at this point. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, like overacting in a bad way? Just like, just like, literally like the looking in the air and like just just her, like her her like her movements and how she's I, like talking i gotta tell that. you i thought this one was fantastic so becky says uh she said becky's afraid that she's gonna expose her ronda's afraid that i'm gonna beat her like i did at survivor series she fears nothing except not being in feuds or excuse me she said she fears nothing then i wrote except being in feuds not for the belt then uh, she ended up throwing the, one of Ronda's horrible real champion promos and used her mm-hmm. words against her to gaslight. Uh, she said she never quit or lay down. She's the true champion, even though she's been getting beat like a drum since September. Uh, she's going to show up on Raw to get handed the belt, and she's someone who deserves it. This is some real Triple H shit. Look, no. Triple H just comes out there and is like when he when he uh, basically tried to dress down um, Becky and Becky slapped him. He goes out there and cuts a heel promo, and every single fucking thing he said was a lie that like you can't even believe on. So he's just a complete straw man. So then like it makes you just roll. You don't you don't even have to pay attention to his promo. What Charlotte did was she lied by saying that Becky feared her, obviously because she's beaten because Becky's beating her ass like for five months straight, and then pulls up the Ronda thing and they use her words against her, which is actually the truth, which is like. At least she's gaslighting. The problem with some of these, like, the plenty of problems with, like, the Miz occasionally. Like, Miz normally good at, like, lying and then also using parts of truth to actually, like, give you give the heel some type of credibility. He came out there, or, or Triple H, like we mentioned, like, he'll come out there just flat out, just fucking lie his ass off. Like, Charlotte hits you with some of that truth, so, like, you kind of, like, so for some people that don't really, like, you know, that don't really remember or whatever else, or kind of knew this, they kind of, like, they don't really know what's true or what's not, and then she's telling partial truth, so when she also lies, it pisses you off. So I thought this was a great promo. And also, like, she's just flat out better as a heel, period. Like, she's never cut a promo this good as a, as a babyface, ever, period. There's like, nothing for her to ever talk about as a babyface. I mean, nothing. The, there's My nothing favorite, for her to ever talk about. There's one promo I liked from her um, as Bayface, and that was when she went face-to-face with Asuka going into WrestleMania last year, when she was like, I want to finally prove myself and all this other stuff, and I'm glad you chose me and all this other stuff. And it, it was really good. Uh, but that, that's the only Bayface promo I can remember from her that was really good. Whereas this is like, you see how good this promo was. For me, I'm like, and y'all try to turn her, and y'all try to make her be the baby face uh, over after SummerSlam last it's year. It's like, why would you ever do anything different with her? I mean, I, if, if there is a reason for her to be a baby face, then fine. But you can look at last year and all how that was all set up, knowing how the crowd was going. All of us knew how the crowd was going to react to that, right? And then they shot the angle, and then they they, they refused for months, 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 and months. 
they wanted to make it to where regardless of whatever situation was, whether it was turn Becky full heel or lay off of that and let her be a tweener or actually be a real baby face, they never wanted to turn Charlotte heel until it's time for her to face Ronda Rousey or whatever. And I think it was like, even back then, you can go back to when we covered it back then, it was like, Charlotte's always been actually a better heel at, um, um, to try to, for as a wrestler on the main roster. And you're probably going to do Becky versus Ronda so if you turn her heel on her best friend, that would get her more heat and get the ball rolling on the eventual match that you do at WrestleMania with Ronda. And sure enough, what are we doing at WrestleMania, Rich? A fucking three-way. But they're both in the match, right? A fucking three-way. And Charlotte's being the heel, and Charlotte's going to be the heel, right? So, like, y'all should y'all should have known ahead of time where this was headed and should have just gone with it immediately as opposed to doing this him and Han shit about, oh my god, we don't know what's going to happen with Charlotte if she if, if she's not being cheered. The same shit that happens every time. Like, she's a heel, she's great at it, let her just be great. Like, w- one day she'll eventually become a really good babyface or, or because she'll get the legend status or whatever else, but in between time, meantime, just let her be a heel, please. Please. That's all I'm asking. So up next, we had um, Alistair Black and Ricochet against Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. Uh, NXT chance Nakamura and Rusev got the jobber entrances already in the ring. <laughs> so, James, the, like, the one thing Nakamura has left is his entrance, and they take that away from <laughs> so, him. Came, they came back playing the Rusev music, too. Yes. So that means Nakamura guy got, got like the intro and then had to stand there and wait for the Rusev music and then walk out to the Rusev music. Yeah, and he came out, and why is he wearing the red suit now? Bruh, like... Why wasn't he wearing the blue suit, now he just switched up, he wearing the red suit now? Bruh, that man cashing checks, bro. this is a retirement tour. I mean, whatever. Um, Black and Nakamura started, uh, this is a battle of strikers, had a yes. n- nice little opening sequence, and uh, Ricochet ended up getting in and got cut off by Nakamura. Rusev tagged in, stomped him out. Nakamura got back in, took the heat on Ricochet until Black tagged in. Black ran wild with some kicks until he, too, was cut off. Uh, Rusev attacked Black outside the ring, uh, rolled him back in, uh, went for a pin to no avail, got the heat on Black. Nakamura tagged back in with some knees, holds, and stomps. Rusev was back in, choking him over the ropes. Lana slapped Aleister Black when his head was through the ropes. Rusev uh, started calling Aleister Black a rookie. Yes. Saxon asked if veterans like Nakamura and Rusev are threatened by these new faces. Uh, there was a bear hug, but Black broke out of it. At this point, the heels are just sucking the soul out of this match. It's very slow work, but uh, the crowd was cheering for Aleister Black. Yeah. Hot tag uh, for Ricochet. Ran wild until he did a standing moonsault. Ricochet Phoenix splash and rolled through like it was nothing. Like he was explosive out of the landing. Uh, Rusev gave him a side swinging slam, like a boss man's swing slam. And uh, Ricochet hit a side backflip over the rope, uh, whatever you call that. And uh, there was an exploder suplex by Nakamura to set up the knee, but then he ran into. Uh, to the, uh, he, he rolled into the spinning back roundhouse of justice. <laughs> Also known as the Black Mass, he fucking destroyed Nakamura with this shit. And for the one, two, three, I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how I'm the only person that thinks that's the best finish in WWE. But it happened for me. Like I love that thing. He's that Black Mass. Wow. Like, yes, cracking dudes. 
So uh, after that, we got AJ Styles in the back, uh, who I feel like I haven't seen in months for some reason. Oh, um, God. Uh, said he's happy that uh, Roman's in remission. Uh, Kalis went on and said, you're a family man, a pit bull, and, but people are saying you're in a slump. AJ says he sets his own standards. Anything less than perfection is a disappointment. I'm partly to blame for the rise of Daniel Bryan, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop. You forgot how long it took me to get here. 15 years. Uh, I'm going to stop listening to the critics. Dust myself up, off. I thought he was going to say, pull myself up by my bootstraps, and I was just going to throw something at the screen, but he didn't. Then um, he said, I'm going to just wait for the next challenger to step up. And suddenly, Randy Orton was in the spot towering over him. Yeah, so AJ Styles and Seth Rollins have the same person writing their promos, right? <laughs> they, they, they got a lot of the same stuff going on. Yeah, they kind of both have that same funk on them right now. And it's like, it's hard to, like, they both have funk on them, but, like, you can't necessarily, like, really pinpoint what exactly is, like, exactly wrong with them for why they're not, like, you know, doing better than they should be doing exactly this moment. <clears throat> it's like, but at least, you know, but at least, like, you know, one of them is going to be in a gigantic uh, tent pole match for WrestleMania. The other one, he's about to be in this real mid card match, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, um, Orton is like, how's that AJ Styles? What? And walked off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though these guys have been on the brand together since 2016. The whole and, time. And, and, the and, whole and Orton, time is never, Orton has never heard this phrase, apparently. You think, well, okay, so to be fair, it, it would be consistent with Randy Orton's character or, or character on screen to be to doubt that like he actually watches the program. <laughs> Am I wrong on that? Like, who was it that he said he's coming out to he's coming out to whistle on his ass uh, a week or two ago? And he's like, I don't even know who the hell my opponent is. I don't care. I think it was, I think I think it was Ali. Yeah, it was Mustafa yeah. Ali. Yeah, like, see, yeah, blame disrespect. I don't care. Then, then Lacey Evans brings her country ass out here, and she walks <laughs> halfway, uh, and then back. This is dumb. Um, they showed the Roman Reigns video package again to melt our hearts. Kofi was out. He wasn't laughing and dancing and joking. He walked out serious. I like this. Uh, real consistent from a man that had his opportunity stolen from him by the evil yeah. Vince McMahon in Black History Month. Uh, and you know, just just taken from us. You know, during during this whole month, it's been a month of L's, James. All the blackface scandals, all the just ridiculousness, all the foolishness this month. A month of so, L's. So what you're saying is you're upset that like this Black History Month has been like every other black every other month in Black history ever. That's what you're saying. <sighs> Moving on. Um, no, you, you don't answer on that one, no? All right, we can move on. So Kevin Owens got no entrance, despite being put in the WWE Championship match. Yeah. Yes, um, that was amazing. Already in the ring. Uh, yes. Brian tags Rowan in. Uh, he looks like uh, Rowan was looking like the WWE version of Bad Luck Fale next to Daniel Bryan. Jesus. He was wrestling in a cutoff shirt and jeans. Kofi sold for Rowan and made him look like a monster. I don't know why we're selling for Rowan right now, but I guess you have to. Uh, we got to get him built up for for his his rematch against the Rock at WrestleMania. He's thirty five. He's gonna be ready this time. He, yeah. he was caught off guard before. That was like, that's it. Is it is it possible for a Rock to be able to beat him inside of three seconds? Is that even possible? <laughs> Whoa! Make it away. Uh, so. 
uh, Owens is back. This is the first time we've seen him in months. Bumping immediately for Rowan uh, like a madman, flipping around on clotheslines and all that. Uh, Rowan gave Owens a one-foot drop kick that was kind of impressive uh, for his like hefty ass to be wearing jeans uh, and jumping up and doing that. Brian tagged uh, in to fuck Owens up a little bit. Owens was moving very quick, playing to the crowd. That's how I knew his baby face. Kofi ends up uh, backdropping Brian out the ring when he tagged in. Then Kevin Owens hits a tope that he hasn't done in like five years. Um, I saw that and I was like, dude, are you, you just came back because your knees are shot from doing all these stupid bumps that you've been doing. And also in part over all these years and the wear and tear, but like, you just got your knees redone. Like, do you do we need to like immediately go back to like doing these dumb bumps? You know do why? We? I mean, that man's a baby phase now. He feels like he has to do that, do the cool shit rather than Chinlock oh, Island. God. Um. Oh yeah, Chinlock City. Yeah. So Brian got the heat on Kofi before giving it to Rowan. I uh, ran Kofi into the turnbuckle body first. Uh, superplex by Daniel Bryan for the two count. Brian hit uh, some corner drop kicks until Kofi gave him a double stomp and cut him off. Byron Saxon was raising hell on commentary this whole time about Kofi getting taken out the match. Somewhat trying to make up for the drop it like it's hot comments earlier to no avail. Um, Owens hit a hot tag. I don't even know what this looks like because I've never seen the babyface Kevin Owens hot tag. He did a uh, backdrop, a corner clothesline, <laughs> drop kick off the buckle, uh, hit a shot to Rowan and a senton, then hit the cannonball. Rowan went up for the claw like it was Fritz Von Erich or some shit. <laughs> well, he up. does that. Yes. He does that. Um, pop-up powerbomb for two on Brian. Then Rowan sent Owens over the announce table after he yanked him out of the ring. Kofi then cut Rowan off outside and set up a trust fall onto him. Uh, he does that. And Brian rolls Owens in and misses the knee. And then all of a sudden, a Stone Cold Stunner from Kevin Owens. And that pins down Brian for the win. So we're just beating down Brian like a drum as the champion. As I've mentioned, this is the lowest form of WWE champion you can get. The chicken shit heel world champion on the B show. Yeah, totally and utterly beatable. Um, like, you can say they gave him, they, they gave Brian something when he kicked out of Owens' old finish, but apparently the new finish is a stunner. So, so out of all the people we give him the Stone Cold Stunner to, it's not Becky Lynch, right? Let me check the notes. I mean, to be fair, Owens had been doing the Stone Cold Stunner um, in matches like before he got hurt over last year. But the thing is, like, it wasn't a finisher. It was just doing it as a spot, right? right. Like, just like if he's doing a super kicker or whatever else. Right. Um, you but know, Becky Lynch, that's who has thing. that's a new thing now. Becky Lynch, who has no impact finish, right? Right. You know, I, someone I that can use the move, right? And then, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan and I are getting, getting washed weeks in a row. I believe this is like three weeks in a row he's been pinned. That's, his for, that's the fourth time he's been pinned since in this year, at least. Because he like, got pinned by Ali when Ali came up in that tag match, right? Um, he got pinned in the gauntlet match by Kofi. He got pinned after the Elmage Chamber to be, uh, for Kofi to become the one contender. And, and he got and he got pinned this week. So he got pinned back. He's he got pinned three weeks in a row. Oh, SmackDown three weeks yep. in a row. Yep. And 
I, I'm so you know we supposed to be this supposed to be exciting, James. You know I should I should be jumping for joy. Uh, He's having exciting matches. What's up? He's having exciting matches. Yeah, and Eric Rowan is sitting there waiting to, to eat some pins, but we got to protect him for some reason. I oh yeah, that, I, yeah, I yeah that's good. That's some point I was gonna get to about that. It's like why is that man not getting yanoed out right now? Yeah, you should be beating Eric Rowan like and protecting champion, but whatever. Yeah. We we don't we don't see the need to give I, him any credibility I'm, or anything. I'm assuming the knowledge. I'm assuming the logic is um, ain't nobody gonna get not a soul. Not, I, he's obviously a heavy for Daniel Bryan, but not a soul is gonna get not a soul or title contender is gonna get a over not one bit by pinning Eric Rowan because Eric Rowan is Eric Rowan and he's been Eric Rowan for five years now. So. He's trying to give guys something, but like, I don't know if Daniel Bryan, even though like he at this point he should be considered a main star, and you can't diminish that. But like, at a certain point, like there is no uh, there is no uh, always over situation. So like, eventually there's going to be a, a tipping point on him doing this. Um, I don't know if we've reached it yet, but like, I don't want to find out no more. Like he like he shouldn't lose again for a long ass time. Like if he's going to continue to be the champion after after WrestleMania, yeah, and <clears throat> just beating the champions for me is like it's such a lazy thing because you do it to some champions, but then other champions you don't. So y'all clearly know what y'all are doing with this stuff. So um, anyway, that's going to wrap it up for SmackDown. I SmackDown was kind of regular this week, a little bit mid, I'd say. Think so. A little bit mid. Uh, I thought it was a good show. I thought this. I thought it was like the best week of WWE television. God knows how fucking long. Um, I don't know. Maybe I can't. I don't even remember. Like I remember last time both shows were this good, in my opinion. But you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I didn't know SmackDown had like the same juice it normally has. Um, but that's gonna wrap it up. And we will be back with the LeBron James You Wrestler of the, or excuse me, the LeBron James You Bum of the Week, as well as the Wrestler of the Week. A name called him. What I say? Come here, you say it. Call him a bum. It's <laughs> not a name call. It's a, like, you bum. Welcome back. You already know what it is. It is time for the LeBron James You Bum of the Week, brought to you by LeBron James, who had an awful week. Um, <laughs> we've got five nominees, uh, a little bit, actually a little bit more than five, but you know, they're slotted together in a couple cases. Um, so we've got the Ascension who, uh, w- walked up, uh, and talked that shit essentially to Tucker and, uh, basically Tucker warned them to not insult the intelligence of his brother, Otis. Otis walked up and they decked these fuckers and left them laying. And also the Ascension, I think it's important to my, it's important to add. They showed up, rode to the city, got undressed, put the ring gear on all to just sit backstage and they weren't booked at all. Dean Ambrose, uh, Mr. Artie in the ring, getting whooped, has his homeboys save him and, and make him, you know, look like a bum. Wearing two belts for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, out there being tied to Arakanchi. Yeah. Um, 
That's the only person I've ever seen in WWE with two belts. Yeah. Uh, Nia Jackson, Tamina, uh, they all got a championship match, and they decided to build you up by losing, which is fine with me because you don't need to be pinning champions. But um, And also, like, I- I'm sorry. Like, are we at a point now where, like, we got to talk about how, like, every time I watch these Nia matches now, like, she doesn't work with the women. Like, the women work around her. So she's young Lex Luger now or Sid? It's like this thing where, like, people, like, everything involved, like, she just sits there and, like, people, and people, like, bounce off her or do moves on her and around her. And she lifts them up and stuff. Like, it's really weird watching, like, that. You go back and watch the match, like, you'd be like, what is, there's no, this isn't no back and forth. Like, this is clearly, like, cooperation like you know, like the gym, the gym Obvious cooperation. Like, this, yeah. this, this is clearly cooperating, and like y'all are, you know, like this is, it's not, it's. I don't know what's going on with her, but like it wasn't like this like a few months ago or a year ago. I wonder it if was she. Not like, I, I don't I, know what's going on. I wonder if she got some of her confidence shaken. I mean, I, I imagine that could be a thing, but like, or uh, maybe she's injured. I don't know. She's working through it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, she did take RKO out of nowhere and catch a 619, so she may be still recovering from the effects. Good point. Um, after that, we got Jinder Mahal, who, you know, basically challenged any motherfucker to come out the back, and, you know, that never ends well. <laughs> so, and got probably beat and some and quit to a man in three minutes. And he went through the fucking cake after um, the show ended. Then the worst heel faction I think I've ever laid eyes on possibly on the level of the mean street posse Bobby Lashley Baron Corbin Drew McIntyre and Elias James if you had to name this faction what the hell would it be I mean I don't know like something involving the ratings and killing them I don't know (laughs) Killing like some pun about them killing ratings. Oh man, um, the quarter killers, like like the quarter hour killers. Yeah, yeah. Q H K. Um, yeah, man. Uh, this is tough. Lot, lots of bumminess uh, to go around here. I, I think I think you might have to go with the, with the new faction though, because it got whooped just laid out by two guys they got the advantage uh gender was pretty bad too you know you do one of those i'll challenge any motherfuckers and then you get whooped that was like one of the first times we see it felt like we haven't seen him in weeks either yeah like how long before like he is added to that fashion so they can be go out there and be the the unfabulous five i i, I wouldn't be shocked Jeez. you know they like um, to stack the dealt the deck when the shield's involved Give them like you know three on six. And point. Shit. Yeah, remember they were about to do that. What was that? They're doing. They're about to do five on three, right? Yeah. Uh, before uh, the mumps. Right. Jesus. Oh man. Um. Wow. Like I'm thinking about it. It was Miz, Strowman, Kane, Kane and the, the what turned out the to be the, the team B or the B team or whatever else. Well, I don't they, know. What, they were playing with the bar. Did they? Yeah. Okay. So like that, even that, even that make up a mismatch of a motley crew of of, of 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 five people is like better than 
like if they added gender to the four that they already have together right now. Yeah, it is. Um, good Yikes. grief. Where you at? I don't give it to them four sorry dudes. Yeah. Yeah, y'all got to hold this. Uh, Baron Corbin had the, had the horrible interview in the beginning. Elias had, yeah. you know, his normal Elias segment, which just dies after a certain Like, he, he swung first and then got laid out by, by Ambrose to start the night. Yep. You was already a bum on your own, and then you went out and got your ass whipped again. I mean, Bobby Lashley was a bum on his own, too. So, oh, yeah. Like, all, like, three of these dudes, except McIntyre, and then McIntyre is just, you know... This is crabs in a barrel pulling him down with him, and so he he looking like trash by association right here. So like, dude, we have to talk about this eventually. Like, whose wife in creative is is Drew McIntyre fucking? Uh, and why is man? And when did they find out about? And like, why did they find out about it? Like around Christmas time? And why has it continued to go on? And why has someone told them you need to stop doing this to this man like this? Like we we had plans for this dude. Like, why have they done this to this guy? You know why? Because they figured out they ain't actually got any plans for him in WrestleMania season. So they figured they'd just book him like shit and try to heat him up during the summer when it's time for him to challenge for a belt after a babyface finally wins it. Which I don't believe it's going to be Seth Rollins at this point, but that's for uh, another discussion. Yuck. So. I, and that's just how how they do. And then on Raw, they they feel like they have such limited spots. Like, they only have so many people available. It's like they just literally slot McIntyre into, like, they don't see a reason to protect him anymore. So he's slotted, essentially. And so, okay, we need this role for this role on this week. You're just a spoke on the wheel. Like, we can literally replace, replace you. Cool. Like, you replace McIntyre, like... Go watch a McIntyre match. Then go watch a then go watch a a, a Lashley match. Then go watch a Corbin match. Then go watch an Elias match. And then you tell me. Oh yeah, there's a difference. <laughs> but uh, yeah, your bums of the week: Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Elias. Play your ass over to the uh, bum of the week. So our wrestler of the week, we have. Big Dave Batista, who's back, literally dragging Ric Flair. Um, someone I saw, you know, how much did they have to convince Ric Flair not to blade during the segment, James? Oh, my God. How bad did he want to blade? I don't think Rick out here trying to blade no more. I, I think, look, man, 2017 was, was a rough year for everybody. Like, I don't think, I think those days are over. I think he knows he's not, he's never going to take any bumps again. He's done with Look, that. I, I saw them pictures of that actual Ric Flair birthday party. Ric Flair is holding a beer in his hands. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I'm like, I thought Ric Flair wasn't ever drinking again. I was lied to. Um, Roman Reigns cut a great promo in the, in the beginning of the show. Got the big beat down about midway through. Uh, we got- it was over big time and never had to take a single bump. That's a look. That's the dream. That's the dream. The tag team of Ricochet and Alistair Black, two victories on the week. Um, they were here and DIY was not this week, so and- I expect DIY to show up next week and then Ricochet and Alistair Black to disappear. I, I'm just taught to be pessimistic about these things, but uh, they haven't beaten these guys yet, so that's good. Um, yeah. we'll see if they get a match or are we going to match on a uh, fast lane. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. I, it's like, 
I'm seeing all these guys show up. And I'm wondering, okay, where are the where are the programs going? Because all this is is literally trying to fill TV time on these two shows. Where are are they going to have any type of program with people? Like, I feel like they're still establishing them, and that's fine, right? Like, this is like that moment where they're just, you know, like if they were um, bigger, then it'd be like the time where they'd be squashing people before they actually get thrown into, you know, thrown Something. into the world with the rest of the nonsense and get 50 50. But uh, I wonder when that's going to start, and I wonder, like, you know, what their plans for them actually are, if there actually are any plans for them. So we'll see. Um, so we've got Kevin Owens. Uh, yep. somehow finesses way into the championship match yeah. after uh, yeah. being in a bowling alley and the mall and getting his son to rip him off for change. He can earn some money, actually, so he won't have to worry about that. Got a pin on the champion. Yeah. And breaking rank a little bit, Leo Rush. Now, Leo Rush, we talked earlier about his performance and – he just looks like a star, and I think he had a really good like showing for himself. Even though you know he lost the match and he came out there a little bit under the little John rule, he he wasn't there to start no shit. He was there for himself. He was there for Lashley, and then Balor kind of reverse psychologyed him into the whole situation. But I think Lua Rush did look good, uh, nevertheless. Yeah, looked very good, and uh, I think it was like a nine minute match. And um, just something I did that. I'll say it again. He looks like a star, and it doesn't. I made a joke with you. I want to say maybe after the Adam Cole match um, on NXT recently. Like, if Ricochet were five ten, he could be the guy, right? Well, like you look at you look at Leo Rush. You see that promo that promo ability. And you're like, if he was five nine, he could be the guy too. <laughs> oh man. Uh, this is a tough one for me. I'm I'm really torn between two of these guys. Um, oh. you want me to go first? Yeah, you can go first. Oh, it ain't for me. It's Roman Reigns. Sorry. Any any reason? Oh yeah, he's back, and he's super. He he was super over. He cut a great promo. Then he came out there, and he he just he just hit his moves on people, and then and then take no bumps. Great night. I guess I'll efficient. I guess, I guess I'll split the vote and, and go with Batista because he was the hottest thing when the show ended that was on everyone's yeah. mind, set yeah, up the I, WrestleMania I, program, yeah, incredible angle. If, yeah, I would say that if uh, Roman didn't come back this week, then I would have given Batista too. So I see I see how you went that route, yeah. So uh, congratulations to Roman Reigns and Batista, our wrestlers of the week. Anyway. Yeah, long, long, long live the spear, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh so and I think Raw gets the uh, W and the better shows. Uh yeah yeah yeah. So yeah like if you know if Andrade came through and got that you know they got the U.S. Got title the or you know if if a few other things go through like you know we maybe maybe they would have chat but like this was a good weekend like Raw actually like you know Raw sets the tone and if Raw's good Raw normally is going to win. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's going to wrap up the show. Thank you guys for uh, listening this week and every week here on Lords of Pain Radio. We always appreciate the support keeping us up uh, at the top of the download charts uh, and everything else. Um, make sure you guys are visiting our Patreon page. We've got 
the Goldberg Road to 173-0 series on there, as well as check us out over on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where we do shows on Sundays. And we had a very interesting show this week where we looked at Lacey Evans and, you know, her contemporaries. Uh, We talked about uh, Roman Reigns. We talked about pretty much a little bit of everything over there. And... um. Make sure you guys check out, as I mentioned, the Patreon page, uh, the Road 173. No, we got Sideline over there. If you guys haven't heard of Sideline, that's pretty much our pay-per-view preview, which is focusing on the people that are not on the show uh, for that particular month. Uh, James has NXT then, now, and forever coming on the Social Suplex Podcast Network on March 1st. Is that this Friday, James? Yep. Okay. That is this Friday, so um, make sure you guys tune in for that. Uh, and also check out all the other great shows here on Lords of Pain Radio. Sundays, our boy the Doc, Chad Matthews, has returned, uh, has rose the fuck up in WrestleMania season, and <laughs> it showed up. Uh, James, did you catch the, uh, Chad's latest show? Yes, I did. Uh, it's, it's, I'm glad that he's back. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see like how um, how he takes you know kind of his... Um, his his eye towards things um, and like puts it towards product that's not WWE. Like I mean, you kind of get it in his tweets already, but um, I'm glad he's back. Like I missed the show, so um, and I I also can't wait to see like you know hear the results of the tournament that you you and him and the Zan Man and and Dave all put together. Uh, so I can't, um, I can't wait to see how, how that all unfolds or whatever else so that I can, um, so that I can, you know, kind of be vindicated basically off some of the stuff I was mad about with some of the seating. So, so that's pretty much it. Yep. So, um, make sure you guys check out, uh, Kingdom of Honor, also the Global Revolution. As I mentioned, the doc says sports entertainment is dead with same old plan, the perfect 10 wrestling show and the right side of the pond, as well as all about elite and of course, One Nation Radio here on Wednesday mornings, Tuesday night, whenever you hear this. Uh, but we, like I said, we appreciate you guys. We are getting up out of here. Peace. Welcome back, Chad. <laughs>